everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Tommy Breedlove, who is building and living a legendary life. I'm going to read a quick bio on Tommy, and then we're going to jump into the episode. Tommy Breedlove is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of the book Legendary and the founder of the Legendary Life Movement a movement that empowers driven people to be pros in leadership, business, mindset, and their relationships. Tommy challenges high achievers to stop chasing the ghost of more and when and lean into the legendary leaders, spouses, and humans they were born to be. As a premier leadership, business, relationship, and mindset coach who is a regular featured keynote speaker at global events, Tommy started his 20-year corporate career at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world and eventually became a shareholder, the international practice leader, and a member of the board of directors for one of the largest public accounting and financial firms in the Southeast U.S. At the top of his career, Tommy experienced a transformational moment inspiring him to walk away from the corporate world to change his life and follow his true calling. Tommy now serves clients and audiences everywhere by empowering them to build and live legendary lives. He guides people to discover a life of significance without compromising their drive or ambition. The simple tools he shares shows them how to work in their zone of brilliance, obtain financial confidence, and live with meaning and balance. The goal is to help everybody to become the person they've always wanted to be. When Tommy isn't speaking or serving his clients, he enjoys traveling the world, hiking, and spending quality time with his wife and two dogs. I had a fantastic time talking to Tommy. We hit it off right from the beginning, and I think you'll notice in the interview just how fluid this conversation went, how deep it went in many areas, and I really appreciate his transparency and vulnerability throughout the episode. So I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Tommy. Without further ado, please welcome in Tommy Breedlove. Tommy, glad to have you on the podcast, man. Brian, my brother, we've had a great conversation leading up to this with a whole lot of fun going on. So I can't imagine how good this is going to be, my friend. Man, well, I mean, yeah, just based on that, I'm sure we'll have some ebbs and flows here. It'll be fun. Um, I'm excited to talk with you. I just had your friend Chris Tuff on. Uh, he, he name dropped you well, and he said so many good things about you. So uh, he's, he's a my good brother dude. from another mother. Man, he's a, he's a great dude there. Um, and I was and as of this recording, it's his birthday today. I saw that. Now he has a, and he has a twin brother, right? Identical twin or something, right? Ben, ben Tough, and they are physical freaks in all the right way. Like they are men among boys in the athletic department. And so yeah. I don't know what mom and dad did so well, but they are <laughs> incredible. And they, they may look just, and when you hear them talking together, I mean, they're identical twins. Yeah. And then when you see them and hear them, it is wickedly frightening. Cause I, oh, wow. Chris and I are like, I mean, he's one of my top five friends in my life. And when I met Ben, I was like, holy cow, there's two of them. <laughs> have, have they ever tried to switch a roux on you? No, I, I would. I, I know him too well for that. Okay, all right. But I guarantee you, they've done that on dates in prior <laughs> lives. I guarantee you, they've done it. So, which would be cool. That would be a cool podcast on its own. I never. Yeah, that that might be something I have to look into. That'd be a fun one with those guys. Um, That's awesome. Well, again, great to have you on. Obviously, your story, just like everyone else's, has its ebbs and flows and random turning points and interesting moments. And 
you know, as I was researching, there was a couple uh, key areas I really wanted to jump into. And, and I obviously take us all over the map if you have to. But, you know, one of the things about the Just Get Started podcast is all of these transformational moments that happen, these kind of we're going down one path, we think that's where life's going to go. And then all of a sudden, there's this veer off the ramp. Like it seemed like something and I'm sure it built over the years, but I'm curious if you can start our conversation around you were in corporate America, you rose up, you know, pretty high levels, and then decided to change it all. So I'm kind of curious, like, could you start us there? Take us back as far as you want to share a little about the getting started moments and how you veered off your path. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll, God willing, do this super fast, Brian, so we can get into the meat. Um, but I've had what I call three, let's get started, transformational, uh, going down the path. I love the J. Cole saying, brother, you went a long way, but you went the wrong way. Well, that was mm -hmm. me a couple of times. Um, so I'll start young, I'm 18 years old. I grew up in South side of Atlanta, good blue collar, hardworking part of town, but not many people went to university or college or were entrepreneurs there. They mostly military factory. Think the people who keep the planes in the air, cause that's mm -hmm. where the, the airport is. And uh, my parents wanted me to be the first person to go to college. Mm -hmm. And I almost joined the Marine Corps at 18 and dad said, no, you're not gonna do this. But unfortunately for me, I grew up in and around a lot of violence, in and around a lot of abuse, both inside and out of the home. And I was slated to have a full ride to multiple colleges in the Southeast and some in the Northeast United States, and unfortunately committed a violent crime at 18. And I was looking at seven years in prison. And here I am 18, getting ready to go on a full ride to university. And uh, luckily it was dropped to two big misdemeanors, but I was sentenced to two years. So I did spend my 19th birthday incarcerated. Wow. Real cool transformation and talk about let's get started moment one of my first positive male mentors appeared. You wouldn't think it would, one of those would appear at a correctional facility, but he also happened to be of a different race than me. He was an African-American gentleman and it's really unheard of for someone like that to cross uh, racial boundaries. And he was in his forties and there I am 18, really a sheep among the lions. And he showed me what being a man was, mentored, held me accountable. He called me young blood, said young blood, you're not gonna become a part of this revolving door system. So when I got out, I dusted myself off, went to work for a nuclear waste container factory during the day, community college at night, did end up at the University of Georgia. And one of my proud moments is I literally went from a cage to a company called Deloitte in three years. And for people who don't know Deloitte, that's one of the largest public accounting and financial consulting firms. Actually, they're in all consulting now yeah. in the world. So let's, let's go to transformational moment number two. So there I am in one of the top firms, elite firms of the world. Um, three years before that, I was in jail. And, and I thought just um, if I outworked everybody, out hustled everybody and chased the American dream of financial success, professional status, um, that I would be happy and fulfilled. And I'm, I'm a big fan of all those things. I think they're important. I think working hard, being ambitious, driven, um, working for nice things and experiencing life to your fullest. You know, I'm a money guy. I was in the money world for 20 years. But there I am, 36, fancy corner office, nice suit, cufflinks, beautiful watch. On the outside, I looked like I had it all. I was a junior partner in a major firm. I had moved on from Deloitte. And when the money, power, and success didn't light me up, brother, I turned to the Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. And there I was at 36, probably doing some multi-million dollar audit or M&A deal the week before and woke up in a ditch looking at the blue sky, wondering how in the world did I get here? Who am I? Where am I going? And am I going to get a third chance? 
And so at that moment, brother, um, and the re I'll tell you why that wasn't at that moment, I decided to change my life. Uh, before that, I came across as an arrogant guy, you know, the larger than life guy, the loud guy, the mm -hmm. life of the party guy, the have to buy all the drinks guy. And really, I was just that insecure little dude still wanting to be seen, heard, loved and valued that was taught as a young man that he wasn't good enough, that he was a piece of garbage. And I still believe that even though I had all the outside success and all the fancy bells and whistles and the money. And so at that moment, man, I decided to make me my full-time job, my self-confidence, my self-respect, my self-love, really knowing thyself and leading myself through mentors, coaching programs, great therapists, and really wanted to learn how to really be, live this life with integrity, confidence, courage, and self-love. And so what happened in those three years when I made me my full-time job? Because I never planned on leaving the big firms. I never planned on. So let me tell you the tangible results that happened in three years by making me my full-time job, working on my inner game, you know, my mental and emotional toughness, becoming the master of my thoughts and emotions and, and truly respecting, loving, and living in integrity. I doubled my income. I went from junior partner to senior partner to elected to the board of directors of a large financial firm at 39. Most of the people were in their 60s my network 10X, all those negative influences disappeared out of my life and all these positive influences started happening. Um, but most importantly, and I went from one of the most hated people in the firm, because again, I was that arrogant guy who just led with a hammer to being one of the most beloved. And I went from being loud to quiet, from, from arrogant to humble. And all of those, all these wonderful things happened to me tangibly, but intangibly, the self-confidence, the feeling of fulfillment, peace of mind, happiness, my marriage went from life support to being rock solid. And that's when all of these people in my network, who I guess saw this transformation in me over three years, you know, they would call me and ask me for a beer or a walk or grab coffee or go to lunch or dinner. And I thought we were going to be doing business together, right? Because I was still in the business world. I'm still out there moving and shaking and a, and a senior partner and board member at this firm. None of them wanted to talk business. They're all like, hey, man, what did you do? Because you are a different human being. Um, you're more peaceful. You're more happy. You're more fulfilled. You're working less than I've ever seen you. Can I have some of that? Like, what drug are you taking? I'm like, there's no drug here, brother. And so after about the 10th one, I'm like, there's something to this. And eventually, they ended up talking me into writing a book, which I did, which became a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. It's called Legendary. And it's really a book about self-leadership and how to be more confident, courageous, more purposeful, and be the master of our destinies and not the puppet. And so um, when it hit Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller and all these men and women have reached out to me to coach them through not only professional success and business success, but life, relationship, children, I'm like, okay, let's go chase this dream. So I resigned my equity, uh, took 70% of my household income away overnight and uh, chased the dream of entrepreneurship. And since then, we're in the experience retreat and mastermind businesses with ambitious driven men and women, helping them build and live legendary lives and giving that ecosystem and community through our retreats, through our experiences and through our mastermind programs. And I'm literally living a dream every single day, which led me to you, Brian. So thank you very much for letting me share that brother. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I'm, I'm sure we can spend 10 hours going through every detail of it. <laughs> Maybe someday we will, um, you and I. But uh, I, I actually- Do it over a run. <laughs> there we go. I'm not, and I'm a slow runner, so- Me too. It, 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 <laughs> um, I want to go back a couple of things. I, I made you know some mental notes here as we're going through. So you mentioned that mentor when you were incarcerated um, for a few years. Do you remember, was there- 
things that they told you or is there, I don't want to say like, oh, is there one big aha moment? But like, were there things that you learned from that individual, like one or two that really stand out that helped you at least get out of there and have this, the first transformation? I think the first thing it gave me was hope um, because I felt hopeless. I felt lost. Um, I was scared. I was insecure. I mean, th those aren't the most pleasant places on the planet. In fact, they're, they're about as unpleasant as they get. And, um, you know, showing me role modeling for me. Now, this is a guy who had been in and out of the system his whole life and knew he was probably going to be that way the rest of his life. And maybe this was his one calling is to, to nurture, mentor, hold account to, but also show me that, you know, show me what a real man looks like. Show me what real caring looks like. Show me what. Um, so I think he gave me hope. Um, he basically told me as best he could that I was not going to be in and out of this system like everybody else, that I had something to offer to this world. And so he gave me hope, some sort of external confidence and courage that, hey, if this dude, and this was a dude, uh, this dude believes in me and sees something in me that, I, what I think he gave me is like, he gave me the hope that even though I didn't love myself and didn't know I didn't care about myself and respect myself, that I knew I had something bigger and better to offer to this world. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had intelligence and charisma and maybe I didn't have the greatest of, of upbringings and opportunities. But I think what he told me is to look in the mirror and know that this is both the problem and the solution yeah. and that double down, get back into working hard when you get out, get back, get rid of those negative influences, which I did. Um, and work hard, put your nose down, get back in school and go make something of yourself. Cause this doesn't have to be. And there was another mentor to appear at age 36 yeah. that both of the, both of between their love and account, they, they basically wanted me to write the ending of my story and to participate in my own rescue yeah. and to look in the mirror and do the hard work to be a better man, a man of integrity, and to also uh, lead life with courage, confidence, and uh, self-respect. I think that's what two mentors helped me to see when I couldn't see it myself. So I think they both gave me hope. I think they gave me accountability and uh, helped me to see that, hey, there's something bigger and better for me, no matter what life circumstances had thrown my way. Well, and I think it's, you know, Obviously, having you know, mentors, I have a few as well right now that are just you know, monumental and in, in where I've come from. But to what you were saying there, it kind of just reminds you the whole thing of, you know, grow, and, and you, you, you and I may be in similar in this, maybe we grew up in different areas, but the whole thing of like, I was a middle child, like didn't really get in much, a lot of attention or didn't feel like I did, kind of felt like I was like left out, you know, to dry and, uh, and kind of needed, needed people and, and needed to kind of grab for it. And it took me a while to realize I can make my own life. I can change it. I can make the decisions. It's, it's on me. It's not, oh, so-and-so got this break or they're doing this. I can't do that. Or, and it, once I realized like, no, 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 I'm the one that actually, you know, has the reins here. It just depends what I want to do with it. That's right. And that was eye-opening. So it seems like you got that maybe back a little, a lot younger than I did, maybe around 1920. Yep. Um, it took, took me into my early to mid thirties to, to kind of realize that. But and what I've realized, Brian, is similar to you. It doesn't matter what tragedies or triumphs or mistakes or regrets or things you've yeah. said, we all have a story. Yeah. All of us want to be valued. We want to be seen, heard, loved. We want to make an impact. We want to be successful. We want to be happy. We want to have money to go experience life's dreams and, and be purposeful, but it doesn't matter who you are. 
there's something in your life or this story that we tell ourselves in our head that we're not whatever. And one of the things that I stand for and the, the book stands for and our entire movement stands for, sounds like you stand for it, is no matter what story you're telling yourself in the head or where you've come from, how good or how bad it was, is like we are the masters of our destiny. We can be whatever we want. We've just got to choose to do the work, choose to lean in, choose to start with ourselves first, work on us so that serve ourselves so that we can serve others. And that's what I've learned throughout this journey is we all have these stories that we tell in our head. And it's not too late to rewrite that story and to tell a more truthful story and so that we can write the ending to our stories. Well, and you and one of the things you said that kind of remind me of actually I'm reading for the second time, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Great and writer. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I, I love his stuff. And actually, I just read last night the chapter where he's talking about Malcolm X and how Malcolm X, I think it was 10 years, went to jail when most people they kind of just like, they're in this, they're in the cage, if you will, right? They're in there, they're not really doing anything. He decided to take that as an opportunity and he read every book he could possibly read to reinvent himself and become a better person. But it kind of goes back to, we all have choices. It might not be jail, but we all have these choices in life. We can turn left or right. Sometimes it's more than, I guess, two choices, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have options. It just depends on which option we actually want to choose and have the courage to choose to be able to make big changes. Cause going back to what you mentioned, even with like changing and leaving the corporate job, which I kind of wanted to, if I could, you know, skim up to that point is like, totally. how do you like, you're making all this money, you have the status, you have everything probably. And, and if I'm wrong, right. Because based on how you were as a child or your upbringing, if you didn't get attention, if you weren't kind of felt like you were loved now, everyone loves you. You know, it's like, Oh, oh I wanted something right? from you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. Right. And you're getting the attention, but how do you leave? How do you put that on the sidelines and move? I, I'm just kind of, cause I, I know there's a lot of folks that are listening in. Cause I, I talk with folks all the time that are like, I hate my job. It's not the mm. greatest spot, but you know what? I'm only so far away from retirement or, Hey, if I just do this, I'll get that promotion and everything will be better or whatever. Or if I buy the next house, I'm going to be happy. And we know that never plays out well. So never. I'm just kind of curious what was going through your mind, you know, kind of 36 ish. How did you make the transformation to 39? And then obviously leaving from there. So it was a, it's a combination of a whole lot of things. And I'm going to answer you as directly as I can. And if I told you there wasn't moments that I had fears of living under a bridge and canceling cable, I sold my wife's car. Notice I didn't say I sold my car. I sold my wife's car. That went over really well. Um, but I have to tell you all about that. But you said something profound that I don't want to lose. And I, I think it, I think your audience needs to hear again, the power of choice, especially if you're listening to podcasts. You know, seven, mostly around this world, 60 to 70% of us are very free. And I believe we're given three gifts, the gift of life, the gift of choice, and the gift of death. And the reason I say death is a gift is because life is preciously short, which will go into my answer about the career here in a second. But knowing at every moment of every day of every minute, you have a choice. You can choose to do something differently than you did yesterday. You can choose to invest in yourself. You can choose to read a book, listen to the great this great podcast, or Choose to choose to invest in yourself so that you can live that life of your dreams. But there is no magic pill. There is no quick fix. There is no get rich quick gimmick. But as long as you choose daily choices to be a little bit better than you were yesterday, man, amazing things can happen. And I can't tell you what's happened to me over the last 10 years. So let me, let me go directly. I just didn't want to go over that because I, I think people, people forget, and you, you said it so well, that every moment of every minute until your last breath is a choice. And what will you choose today 
to be a little bit better in whatever it is that you want to be than we were yesterday. So um, from 36 to 39, so here's the true answer is, <clears throat> yes, I was making a, a stupid amount of money. Yes, um, everybody wanted to get a little piece of me because they craved that. I had the status, I had the power, I had the respect, and I had the money, which is, by the way, all the all you men who are listening and probably most of the women that are listening to this podcast, that's what you want as well. Just own that. Um, but none of those things, all of those will help you experience life and to help you lead life, but it will not make you happy and fulfilled. And so I had an unbelievable tribe around me. I have, I have rules when it comes to human beings that allow my life. Do they make me happy or do they make me better or are they net givers? And so I had this unbelievable tribe of people who believed in me. I didn't love that profession anymore. And it wasn't fair to that profession. It wasn't fair to my board members. It wasn't fair to my clients because I couldn't sell it. I couldn't recruit it. And I could not stand doing it anymore. Brother, the truth is they didn't have a check to write me. I just knew there was something bigger for me. And the money was great. But I knew if I didn't throw my hat into the arena and go chase this dream, uh, what it, and I didn't, even, I didn't have a clue what the dream was. Mm -hmm. I knew I would have regrets. And there's no money in the world. Like if you read the five or six things that people regret when they're on their last, spending more time with friends, not chasing a dream, blah, 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 staying in careers they hated. And for me, I, I just did not like that world anymore. And I, I knew if I didn't go chase this dream and, but here's what I did have. I had unconditional belief in myself that no matter what I did, eventually I would be successful financially. Eventually I would make an impact and eventually um, I just needed to believe in myself, invest in myself, continue to work with coaches, continue surrounding myself with great mentors and, and just holding myself to account to go build the life I wanted to. So between the tribe that I had, the unconditional support from my wife, um, and we, we literally lost 70% of our household income overnight. Um, but I knew that I had been, you know, all the data was there. If I believed in myself, believed in what I was doing and brought value into the marketplace, that we were going to be successful. We just had to go build it. And I think most people don't leave the careers because they're scared of what other people think. And here's the truth. Don't make people who don't ma matter matter. And I, I know you've probably heard that. Don't let people who don't matter matter. And they're not thinking about you anyway. So if you're chasing status or you're staying in something for money, if, it, if you're not happy now, wherever you go, there you are. And so go do something that makes you happy, that fulfills, that makes impact. You'll be a whole... It, the money, the money is almost an anchor and I'm a money is important guy. Um, I come from that world. So anyone that says money is not important, run from them. They're broke. That's what the great T of Harv Ecker says. But at the end of the day, money is only one piece of the stool. It's all about impact, purpose, being happy um, and getting up every day and getting excited about what you're doing and who you're doing it with. And I would ask you, does your audience know who they are, where they're going and who's coming with them? And if they don't like the answer that they see to that, or they look in the mirror and don't like something they see, whether it's their relationship, their relationship with their kids, their success, their business, their time, whatever it might be, look in the mirror. It's the problem and the solution and go do something about it. But we get handcuffed, especially in the Western, to what other people think, to you know, holding on to that money, thinking that when I get there or when I have more of this, I'll be happy. And that's BS. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are. If you're not happy now, I could write you a check for a million dollars. It still is not going to make you happy. I mean, I mean that with every fiber of my bone. But if you're broken happy now, 
you're going to be, doesn't matter what you make, you're going to be happy. So you see how they're, they're, they're not yeah. mutually exclusive, but one doesn't lead to the other for lack of a better word. Well, and, and I think you make a great point because every, everybody's story is different. You know, you decided to, uh, my assumption is based on how you're saying that. Tell me if I'm wrong. You kind of like quit cold Turkey. Like one day you're like, I'm done and just quit. Right. <laughs> we Close had a plan, <laughs> but I expedited the plan. I had a, the truth is I had an unbelievable coaching session with a, this coach named Nancy Vito. I call her St. Nancy. And I was so fired up, man. And you got to remember, I was an owner, a senior partner, a board member. I was like, I called my wife and it's on Valentine's day. Don't recommend that either. I called her on Valentine's and I said, today's the day. She goes, I know we had a plan. I was like, no, no, today's the day. Now, because I was an owner, I did resign that day. And two or three of those partners spent an exorbitant amount of time trying to talk me out of it. Again, chasing that money carrot. You're going to be the most successful partner in our history and blah, blah, blah. They didn't have a check because my soul was not for sale. But at the end of the day, um, I had unconditional support by her, but it did take me from her. It did take me three or four months to transition equity, to sell it, to transition clients sure. network, to do it the right way, not just yeah. to walk in and do a Jerry Maguire moment, steal the goldfish. Yeah. But it did take me three or four months, but we did go to ground zero. And I'm telling you, I don't know what it was. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I would get out of that elevator and we were on the top floor of this incredible office looking down on the city of Atlanta. And the day I quit and resigned, it was like the world came off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I just love that feeling. And it didn't matter where I was going at that point, because I had no clue. Um, but I was just super excited to not be chained to caring what other people thought or chained yeah. to the status game, which is a zero sum game and go chase a dream and go make money the way I wanted to go make money. And so I was just so fired up and pumped up. And, you know, there's still days that, you know, entrepreneurship's tough, man. Mm -hmm. um, like Elon Musk says, chew on glass. That's what entrepreneurship's like. But I would, I would much rather do it this way than, than be unhappy and unfulfilled in a job I didn't like. Well, and I think there's that, and this goes back to, I want to chat with you a little bit about purpose, but you know, th this whole idea, cause, cause I'm kind of living this as well, where I you know, work a full-time job, but I'm able to do all these other things. You know, I, I remember when I, you know, I was fortunate had, had Seth Godin on a couple of years back. And I remember him saying something really profound to me. He said, he's like, Brian, he's like, do people have one hour a day or one hour a week? Most people are unwilling to get rid of Netflix or, you know, not whatever, you know, they're doing, you know, scrolling the through blank. the phone. What, you know, yeah, fill in the blank. But to say, hey, I'm working a job now. Maybe I don't like it or I don't like the career I'm in, whatever it might be. But am I willing to try to learn new skills or do different things to maybe discover my purpose? Maybe it's just to see if I like other things, because there's a lot of organizations, especially larger ones like you know you were at, that if you're in a sales role, let's say, and you want to get to marketing, like they would probably allow that transition as long as you're a good person. And you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, but most people maybe are unwilling to that because they're so used to like, like my identity. I don't know if you know this, but I know we were talking about golf a little bit before. You know, I was a PJ professional, so I used to teach golf for a living, had a teaching business here, and uh, that was hard for me to leave because I was the golf guy. That's what I was yeah. known as, and I had this identity, and I'm sure similar to you, you had this identity of this person. It's like, oh my God, I'm stripping that away. Now, once I did that, it was it was huge, freeing. very freeing. freeing, but it took so long to do it. So I guess I, just to underscore, like folks listening in, I mean, things that I struggle with even myself is like, just keep trying to pursue Keep trying to, um, you know, find your purpose if you don't have it and just try things. And you may try for a little bit and you may stop, 
and then you may try something else. But if you don't try, I think that's where the regret comes in. Would you agree? Like if you're not even trying, you're not even giving yourself a chance. Now you are stuck in that career or that job. If you feel stuck that, I mean, I'm not being harsh, but go look in the mirror. I mean, that's, that's the problem and the solution. And I guarantee you, it doesn't, you got to remember there was a time in my life that I would get up at five in the morning and drive a hoopty. I had this horrible car. I was basically living in subsidized to go work in a $6 an hour factory at a hundred degrees, which gave me a hernia and back surgery because it was such tough work going to school at night, but I wasn't wasting time on TV. I didn't have social media back then. So it was much easier, but I wasn't wasting time on TV and parties and you know, life's vices, I was leaning in to be a better human being. And I think it doesn't matter how full, whether you have kids or working two jobs, I guarantee you, I could find an hour to an hour and a half a day to, for you to work on whatever it is you need to work on. So if you're not happy in a relationship, or you're not in a relationship, or you're not happy in general, or not as successful as you want to be, or in a career that lights you up, fulfills you, whatever those things are, or you feel like your time is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I like is I am totally in control of my time. Um, and that's a free, that's a feeling of freedom. Um, and if you, or if you look up at the stars and ask what all this means, it means you lack purpose. And so what, whatever it is that you want to work on, I guarantee you, you have between 30 to 90 minutes a day of just that you already just pure waste it. Um, to go chase that dream, to learn, to grow, to listen to a podcast, to listen to a book, to read a book, to get in a course, hire a coach, whatever it might be. It's, there is no overnight path to success. I mean, we look at all these great athletes and business people and mentors or golfers, and they are doing the reps every single day, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and in their crafts to be confident and to have self-esteem. And so you said it best. I mean, you can do whatever it is you want. You've just got to choose. You know, everybody says, who wants the world to change? Everybody raises their hand. It wasn't this, this is what some, I forgot who's, I think Gandhi said this, but who wants to change themselves? No one does. And that's what makes the elite elite is they choose every day to just invest in themselves first and lead themselves first so that they can invest and lead others better. And so it starts with you. Well, so you had mentioned purpose there. I know I said a little bit ago as well. I, I, let's talk about that a little bit because this question comes up a lot. It's like, well, Brian, how do I find my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. So I'm curious, you, Tommy, how would you describe that that feeling you get, that you know, the the insight that came to you? How, how did one? How did you find your purpose? How do you think uh, you uncovered that? And- a lot, I've screwed it up a lot, to be honest with you. And by screwing it up a lot, eventually. To me, when you, when you are in your purpose, it's a feeling of fulfillment. It's a feeling of satisfaction. It's a feeling of I'm making an impact for myself and others. And it's a feeling of that, hey, I'm actually making a contribution in one other person, two other people, an organization, business, um, whatever it might be. And so let me help people in my, using my, my flavor. Um, and so here's what purpose is. A, a purpose is where we serve. People who have kids, they are not your purpose. They are your responsibility. Responsibility is a much higher thing than purpose. They're your responsibility to lead, to love, to inspire, to discipline. I want to say that again. They're your responsibility to discipline, 
And they're your responsibility to help them go find their purpose and to be contributing members of society and to learn how to love and respect themselves. So that that's different. So I, I hear parents thought, well, that's my purpose. Well, then that's why you're not happy. So purpose is where we serve. So let me tell you how to go find it. What are your, I'm going to ask these questions and they're for people who are listening to hear and to digest. What is it that you are world-class at doing? What is your zone of brilliance? What do people come to you advice for? Um, if you don't know, and that's okay. Go ask your three to five closest friends. It could even be one friend. Ask people who care about you, people who love you, people you work with, and people you trust. They will tell you what you're world-class and badass at doing. That's number one. Okay, so figure out what that is. The second step, and this is imperative, is you have to love doing it. I am amazing at financial engineering for companies, for helping them to be more profitable, more efficient, to help them to be, I, I, like, I love the leadership part, but to help them be better financially and operational and more efficient. I don't love doing that. If I still love doing that, I would have stayed in the financial consulting world. Um, so you must love doing it because you're not going to do anything for long that you don't love to do. Um, but also don't put down like you're a great, like chef. I'm going to be, you know, I, I want to be a chef. If you burn bread, you're not a chef. So you got to be good at it. I eat that first part and you got to love it. The last part is, is maybe the hardest is what is the change that you want to see in the world or what, what difference do you want to make? And a, a harder way to ask it is what really makes you mad? The flip side of that is what change you want to see in the world. So let me give you mine. What really makes me mad? That our media, our social media, our news, and a lot of our larger organizations want you to feel like a victim. They want you to feel entitled. They want you to be lazy. They want you to be apathetic. And they want to tell you, I got it. See all of politics, left and right. See social media where you are the users. You are becoming the puppet and they are the puppeteers. I want us to take our power back. I want it to take our self-courage back. I don't think the world needs more empathy, compassion, and love because I think all of us have that. I think 99% of the people have that. I think what the world needs is personal accountability and looking in the mirror. I know that's the problem and solution and doing the reps every day. So for me, that's what I'm fighting against. I'm fighting for self-confidence. You can't walk this journey alone. You're not alone in your fears, insecurities, thoughts. It doesn't matter how successful you are or if you're not successful at all. You need a tribe, a true tribe of people just like you to walk this life with. And that's the first part of building and living a legendary life is to know that you can't do it alone. Number two is shifting the paradigm. Not your career first, not your business first, not your kids first, not your wife first, not your friends first, not your social media first, you first. Get self-confident, self-esteem, self-respect, self-love, lead thyself, work on your emotional muscles, your mental muscles, your physical muscles, and if it's important to you, your spiritual muscles. So that's the second thing I would tell you. So let me go back to purpose because again, I'm getting on a tangent here, so I'll stop. And the last thing I'll say is I also believe that people, whatever voice that's in your head that says I'm not smart enough, rich enough, fast enough, or compares yourself to others or as envious as others, or as jealous as of others, Know that you're not alone in that, and you can quiet that voice and get a voice of strength, self-confidence, and power. So let me go through the three steps again. What are, your, what are, what are you really good at? What do people come to you advice for? Um, what, what, is, what is it just like that? What is your zone of brilliance? 
Number two is you must love doing whatever that thing is. And number three, you use that God-given talent, the thing that you love, to make someone, yourself, to someone's, an organization, a business, a cause better than it was yesterday. So see how you're serving. And you heard my whys. You heard why I do this. I, I don't believe we're sheep. I want us to be lions in all the right ways. Now, I'm talking about humility and integrity and success and happiness and fulfillment and really building a legendary life, being the master of your time, being more purposeful, world-class network, knowing that you can get in charge of your emotions and know you can have intimate relationships with your family, friends, and be as successful as you want. Got to work toward it. It is a journey, not a, not a destination. That's what I'm fighting for. And that, and I, and I would buy it. I do buy it. I work with coaches. I'm in mentors, but I know every single person I touch, whether it's a podcast in our mastermind programs at one of our retreats at an experience or one-on-one, I know I'm making a difference. And here's the key brother. I get to talk in the mirror all day long. I need this stuff. I'm not a guru or a sage on the stage and I don't have it all figured out, but I have to work the same thing that I'm teaching others to work, see how I'm making an impact. And so what calls what human or what do you want to fight against? Write all those things out and use your God-given talents and uh, the things that you like doing and make someone something or a product that makes this world a better place and that overcomes those things that make you mad. That's how you find your purpose. That was a lot. A lot of goodness in there. That was a lot. Well, <laughs> well, this is actually what's what's cool to hear that and and obviously doing a little research before, but just by you saying that kind of like confirm there's like you and I probably have a lot of similarities in the fact of, you know, like I'm a navigator. Like I, I define my purpose as one word. I'm a navigator and I help navigate people to just get started. Well, it That's was awesome. because I, I went back and I realized as a child growing up, remember I talked about being the middle child and not getting the attention. Well, what I, what I realized was I was really empathetic. I learned empathy early, compassion. I listened and I started to go back. I was working with my mentor on this a few years ago. I was like, I remember stories of like being in like uh, the cafeteria, like let's say study hall or something. And people would come up to me and like talk about their problems with me. Like I'm some therapist or something like just kind of off the, and I, I never really pieced that together until later in life. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And I always enjoyed, you know, sharing, not just sharing like, oh, you should do this, but more have you considered, you know, like kind of that guide, that type of, you know, again, and that's where navigator came in. So it's kind of funny that um, you mentioned that because I think that's a huge thing that I did. And, and maybe folks listen in really think about, yeah, what are you world-class at? What do you enjoy doing? Um, I find a lot of that is you can relate that back to when you're more innocent, when you are a child, you can kind of peel that back because you probably still have those things that are, you know, underneath, they might've just been uncovered or uh, covered up over years, you know? I love what you said there. And I think you and I have a lot of common. What I heard from you is that you're a world-class listener that you're empathetic and compassionate because you needed that compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. And, and now you give it to others because you want it. So you give right. it to others, same thing here. So deep listening, compassion, empathy, and what I loved, and I'm going to, I'm going to summarize something you said is you share wisdom and not advice. There's a difference between wisdom and advice. Advice sounds like you should, mm -hmm. whereas wisdom is listening, asking questions, repeating back what you hear and getting them to find where they, or sharing your life experiences yeah. and what you did and how you overcome it. So that's, that's, what's beautiful. And that's the space that I'm in. And so, uh, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. And we use the things that we need, the things that we want and the wisdom that we've applied into our life to help others yeah. go live the life of their dreams, whatever that means. And so I believe we're in the same space and getting, just getting people to get started. 
I think that is so brutally difficult because that voice inside our head that says, oh, what if they figure out I don't know what I'm doing or I'll never be able to do this or that's for the lucky. That's all a lie. And just getting them to start is such a huge step. But here's the key, getting them not to quit. <laughs> like, continue going, my friend. Yeah, the con- well, the consistency. <laughs> you're going to screw up. <laughs> God, I think about that so much, that consistency. of like, Again, it goes back to the why are you doing Like, It's funny, with this podcast, I tell this story a lot, but I'll share it quickly, is like, this podcast started in 2017 in November, but I had the idea for a podcast in 2015. Uh, and it was two years of just like, oh, am I good enough? What are people going to think? Oh, this guy's doing a podcast, all this stuff. And the reason it's called Just Get Started, like I was going to do it on, you know, I'm a big 49ers fan. I was going to do it on football, golf, something, you know, like I thought about all these different things. But I remember, one, I don't remember the exact day, but like one day I was saying like, just do it, Brian. Like you got to just get started. And I was like, holy crap, that's the, that's what I'm going to call it. And, uh, and, but, but it takes it, but what it, it takes, right? It takes what but, it takes. But what I realized was, and, and maybe you went through this as well as you were kind of, you know, leaving, leaving the corporate world was like, I felt, Hey, listen, I've been through all this stuff. I've made this transformation in my life. There's gotta be people out there just like me. Maybe they're, maybe they're a step behind me or two step. I wasn't that far ahead on anything. Right. But it's like, maybe I can give some of that guidance or wisdom to get, you know, them started and see if they can move forward. Um, and that's why I have folks like yourself on where it's like, wow, okay, there's all these people that are doing random things in their life that they want to do, maybe different than other people, but they decide to get started. They decide to push forward and they had the courage to keep going because that is a big step. Now there's times when you have to quit, right? It might not be the right thing. You have to pivot, yep. but to keep moving forward and discovering versus well, one thing too, you said this earlier and I was like, oh my God, he's like speaking my language is like my mantra for, for just get started is you only discover happiness once you discover yourself. Amen. Like you have to look in that accountability community. You 100%. have to have self-awareness or you can't project out and say, oh, so-and-so is doing this. They got a lucky break. You have to know that you can control it if you change your mindset and attitude, you know. It's so. the number one failure in, in leadership is self-awareness. And uh, once you become self-aware, you can begin the transformation, doing the work to transform, to then become masteries, then to teach. And what I love about you is you, you hit all three legs of the stool. You're really, really, really good at empathy, compassion, wisdom, and getting people to take action. You love doing it. And the impact is people get started in chasing their dreams or building a company or changing their lives or going to a different place of work or whatever that change might be all three legs of the stool making impact. You love it and you're world-class at it. And what I love about purpose and before we leave and move on, it changes throughout the season of your life. You're not, you don't have to have one purpose. It's just during this season of your life, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to do it for. And this is the why. And then as we change or we grow or we learn more or, or our loves and desires and what we want to do, so does your purpose. But what I love about purpose is you have one until your very, very last breath. And so that's super, super important for people to know. Yeah. Um, I want to do, and I'm, I realize I'm taking up, we've been really trucking through here pretty good. Um, <laughs> but one or two other things, and you can kind of hit on these as you want. But one of the things I saw again, researching here, I love this notion of chasing the ghost of more and when. Because I, I look at that, I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, that's that sounds all like me a little bit. <laughs> Can you share a little bit just about, again, we know we've touched on it a little bit, but your thoughts around that. And maybe, again, some things folks can think about today to try to get off of that and move in a different direction. So 
it's the curse of ambitious and driven people. Um, and doesn't matter if you're starting at zero or negative, you know, uh, we'll talk in financial terms first. We want to make $50,000 and then we want to make a hundred and then we want to make 250 and then five and then a million and then five and, ten, and it never ends. Mm -hmm. It's like swimming to the horizon. And it's the curse of all of us ambitious driven types. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to do something great in your life, or you want to make impact, and you probably want to do it through your career, work, business, and even in your family. The problem is it doesn't matter if you're starting at zero, that horizon always moves. We never get to the horizon and we never get to that corner. We say, when I have this, or when I have more of this, or when I get to here, I will be happy, or then I will do this, or then I, the problem is, is we never, ever, ever get there. So here's the solution to that is we've got to learn to look backwards. And what I mean by that is you always hear, you don't, you're not, you're not going that way. Our rear mirror is small and our windshield's big. Well, we do need to look backwards because it tells us how far we've come. And if we look back in the last 90 days, because more is a ghost. When I get here is a ghost. Mm -hmm. When I have this is a ghost. And we're always measuring the, to the ideal of where we are right now. So if you're at zero, you just want to put a roof over your head, get some money in the bank. Maybe if you're at zero, that's the ideal. Well, when you have that, that ideal moves. And the ideal is a moving target. That's the ghost of when and more. That's the horizon I'm talking about. And it moves throughout our lives. However, if we can turn around and see how far we've come in 90 days or how far we've come in a year or even better, how far we've come in three years or 10 years, mm -hmm. it puts us in a place of gratitude. We celebrate how far we've come. It puts us in the present moment and it lets us know the ideal is okay. You're talking to people who set goals, who want to be more innovative, who want to inspire, who want to make great impact but we have to know that's horizon. So don't measure to the ideal, aspire to the ideal. Hmm. And we just know that ideal of more and when, and when I get there or this impact or that, it's going to continue to move. I promise you, if you get to a million, you're going to want to make 5 million, blah, blah, blah. I promise it's just going to happen. Or you wanted to reach a hundred people. Now it's a thousand. Now it's 10,000. Now it's a hundred thousand. It doesn't matter if it's a company, your business, your life sports, you're always measuring to the ideal. That's what makes this life so great is we get to pursue excellence. We get to strive for excellence. We get to set goals, but know the ideal is the ideal and you can't get there because it's always moving. But again, if we look backwards, 90 days, two weeks, one day, we celebrate the victories. We look at how far we've come. We look at the failures as learnings and how we grew from those. It puts us again in a place of celebration place of gratitude, a place of presence. And it also helps us not to give up because we see how far we've come. And any, any moment that you get the screw it and I want to quit and I'm not good enough, or it's never going to happen. Turn around and look at how far you've come. Look at how much you've grown, get yourself present, celebrate those things and just keep moving because the world needs you, whether you believe it or not at that moment. Well, a lot of that you hit on, you know, comes back to mindset. Like I think gratitude, that's a big thing. I've, oh, I've learned huge. a lot more the last few years. It's just, yeah, being, being like happy with present day, where I'm at today, like you and I having this conversation, this is important right now. This is, 
it's not like, oh, I got this going on next week. And that like, that may happen. That may come when, you know, potentially. Um, but being so focused and grateful for the opportunities, right? So can you share a little bit, maybe that'll be kind of a, a nice end to our conversation around how this all ties into having the right mindset and creating a, the best mindset so you can find your purpose and move forward in a happier life. Yeah, so becoming the, you know, the, the start mindset and emotional mastery is a, is a it, again, it's a journey and you just got to start. Um, we never get there. We, we, no one's perfect. You're not going to get there. Um, you're never going to be fully, uh, what, but you can minimize that voice in your head. You can begin to becoming present. You begin to see the good in the world, live in an abundance mindset, um, and start mastering your heart space, your mind space and your soul space. And I'm a big believer in all three. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about what connects us to everything that is. And so there's a whole way to begin mindset mastery and, and emotional mastery. And here's the thing. And I love that. And eventually, you know, you lead one, see one, do one, teach one. So let me give you some basic tips. Here's the easy way. Um, I'm going to give you, first of all, we've got to take away the negative because you can't start conquering your emotions and the not good enough, the shoulda, woulda, coulda that's in your head. What if they figure out I'm not this or that or this? if you are constantly inputting poison into your eyes and ears. So what does poison mean? Most of Netflix, most of Amazon, 90% of social media. And if you're watching any 24 hour news, stop. Cause they're wanting to divide you, scare you and sell you advertising. And you will not be uninformed because as soon as something big happens, your five friends are going to tell you all about it. So, and their opinions, which is the worst. So you've got to get the negative, like if you have a negative Nelly in your life or negative friends or judgmental friends or gossipy friends or cynical friends, you've got to fire them. Doesn't mean you don't love them. You just can't have that in and around you. So that's the easiest solution is get the negativity out of your life. And I'm not telling you not to have any fun. Okay. If you want to go watch some Peaky Blinders, go watch some Peaky Blinders. Just don't watch three hours of it. Um, because it, it does start infiltrating the negativity and the division and the war and the hate and the crime and the sex, blah, blah, blah. So get rid of the negative. That's the first way to begin mindset and emotional starting to become, you know, you leading yourself. Then we have to input the goodness. You talked about gratitude. I have a formal and informal gratitude practice that I do every single day. Um, the first thing that I think of every day, and, I, and again, this is a practice and I've had to work on this, is the first thing that enters my uh, brain is thank you. I get to do one more day. I woke up. I have air in my lungs. I'm in a free country, probably the greatest country on earth. And I get to be around smart people. I get to make impact today. My heart is beating and I get to work at doing this one more time. So I write down gratitudes. Um, gratitude gets you present. It gets you on the abundant side. It gets you, and gratitude is not a ceiling. It's a floor. So people's like, well, if you're grateful, you're, you know, you're content. Well, there's nothing really wrong with being content, but if you're ambitious and driven, you're never going to be content. Gratitude is a floor you stand on, not a ceiling that you have. So gratitude, reading something to help you grow, read or listen. What I love about books these days is you don't have to read them. If you're not a reader, listen to them, listen to a great podcast, um, hang around with abundant minded people, continuously grow. I meditate every day because meditation is about helping me get present and helping me to be proactive and not reactive. 
And so just being, just helping me to see the thoughts in my head and the Tommy go round, as I call it. And I also have this alternative negative ego that wants to kill me. And I call him Ike. And when I meditate, I can see Ike and I can see the Tommy go round and the constant planning and innovation. It gets me centered, gets me present, gets me humble, gets me grateful and helps me to be proactive and not reactive. Um, there's just a thousand different tools and there's so many great books. Check out Legendary. If you're not a reader, I'll read it to you. There's a million tactics in how to conquer our emotional strength and our mental strength. So, and it's a, again, you have to do the reps. It's just like playing golf. It's just like working out in the gym. It's just like working your craft. The only way to get confident is to do the reps every day. And if you stop working on your heart muscles and your mind muscles, guess what, guess what happens? Atrophy. And we're not taught it. We're not taught physical, uh, financial strength. We're not taught emotional strength and we're not taught mental strength. And we've got to get in the gym every day, muscles, heart, and mind. And it's 30 minutes or less every day. And you'll, you'll start loving it because the feeling you get, the courage you get, the confidence you get, the fulfillment you get, the peace you get, the presence. And all those, we talked about it earlier, those people who don't matter, you don't let them matter anymore. And so it's a powerful thing. It just takes time because you got to build the muscles. People do a little bit of gratitude. Well, why am I not happy? Well, they do a little bit of meditation. Why am I not happy? Because you, you got to stick with it. You got to do the reps. And eventually you look up and, hey, I'm emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically fit. But you got to continue to do the work every day. And the moment you stop, the moment you stop growing in all those worlds is, is the moment you start atrophying and eventually dying. And so that was a lot. But it will get you on the abundance, love, courage, and confidence space and not the fear, angry, cynical, gossip, and victim and entitlement space that our news and social media wants you to be in so that you buy more advertising from them. So take it, you be the puppeteer and not the puppet is what I'm telling you. It, Tom, a lot of great thoughts there. I love the gratitude as a floor, not a ceiling, because uh, gratitude is something, again, for me, that's been so valuable. And I, I think you made a great point around, like kind of comparing it to, you know, like working out or, you know, we were, we were joking about run, our running styles earlier, like, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like, if you do it just a little bit, you're like, oh, wow, actually, I, wow, I'm, I beat my best mile time. Or, you know, I, I do a lot of CrossFit. So it's like, oh, I, I was able to lift this weight just a little bit more. I did one more rep here. It doesn't mean like there's this massive transformation all right away, but you see these spots. And like with gratitude, I don't, I don't know if it was the same for you. For me, it was always, you start to see more opportunity in the uh -huh. world. You start to see things versus like a pessimistic view of like, oh, this is whatever. But when you're grateful, it's like, Oh, okay. I feel good. I'm I'm happy with where I am. So I'm just gonna let life happen. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, this is interesting, or I didn't see that. And like all of a sudden, like the the blinders that we're on all of a sudden get removed. And that that's for me at least. And others may have a different, you know, thought on it, but that's for me. Like I started to see some more things. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, it's because I'm actually grateful for everything I have and I'm not always looking for more. It's not saying I'm not at times. But you that's start seeing really, the goodness. You start seeing yeah. the goodness all around you. You start seeing the love all around you. You start seeing the opportunities all around you. It's a feeling of, uh, you know, if you feel like scared or worried or angry or judgmental, um, it's okay. You're not alone. Most feel that way. But when you start living with gratitude and start practicing gratitude, I just remember the one. Now I've been doing this now for close to twelve years. So. Um, I just remember the day that you woke up and you're like, you feel good. You're excited about the day. You don't wake up like, Oh, one more day. You're like, Oh my God, I get one more day. I get to do this. 
and you just start seeing the goodness and beauty of, and, and all around you and the opportunities. And that's called abundance. And you get to do this. You don't have to do this. And it's just a mindset. But it, again, it's a practice, a journey. It's a feeling. And once you feel it, you can't unfeel it. And you don't want it's It's an interesting thing when you go on this self-discovery, climbing the mountain, yeah. your view changes, your perception changes and your language changes. Yeah. You still, you still speak that old language. You just don't want to. The unfortunate thing is the people that are unaware and who haven't done anything for themselves is they can't speak your language. And that's the most frustrating part is, that, you know, you realize how, how much opportunity is really missed out there. And it's so simple. It's just a matter of them doing the work. So to me, there's no better feeling than a feeling of abundance and gratitude and love and self-respect and courage. Um, this has been great, man. What, uh, God, I might have to have you on for a part. We should get Chris on. We should do like a whole like round table. Oh, heck yeah, two. man. Anytime to spend with you and Chris. You I, just, I would just sit back just, no, that's and just a, listen that's to you two. Heck yes for me, brother. <laughs> um, okay, where can everyone, so the, so your book, Legendary, where can everyone find you online, check out your different programs, your retreats, yeah. all that stuff? Legendary is everywhere. So let me read it to you if you're not a reader. It's fast. It's simple. I'm just super grateful. It's become a Wall Street and USA Today. And it's everything we've talked about today. Self-leadership, courage, confidence, more time, more purpose, but more importantly, more good life, more intimate relationships and being in control of your emotions and mindset. It's all in there, but it's executable. It's simple. It's quick. It's on Audible, hardcover, softcover, you name it. It's at all your favorite stores, airports. It's everywhere. So go check it out. Um, if you want to check out one of our retreats, one of our experiences, we hold retreats for ambitious, driven, uh, entrepreneurial, uh, and executive men and women. We have a community. Check us out at TommyBreedLove.com or at LegendaryLifeMovement.com. You know, we, we're in the experience retreat. We want people to, we want to be the family that people chooses. You know, we're our ecosystem, our movement, our experiences, our retreats, our adventures, our masterminds. It's all for, if you like Brian and I, come on, we're the people for you. And we want to be the people that you choose and hopefully you do life with and to be better in business, to be better in success, to be better in relationships, to be better in life. But most importantly, to lead ourselves first and to do it with like-minded women and women. Check us out at TommyBreedLove.com. We'd love to have you. I mean, thank you so much, man. This was a pleasure. Thanks for joining on the uh, on the podcast today. Thank you for your patience at the beginning. And this all worked out well from technology standpoint, lighting state. And God willing, I know it made an impact in my life, brother. I hope it made an impact in yours and someone else's. Thank you for having me. I'm so humble. Hey, everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianandraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in, and have a phenomenal day.